I am professional wrestler Chris Rex, and if you're hearing my voice, that means you're listening to the Bear of Texas podcast. Dallas Cowboys fans, are you ready? Are you ready to hear the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? Are you ready to hear what I, the Bear of Texas, has to say regarding the Dallas Cowboys? Well then, grab a beer, have a seat, and buckle up. Because this ride will start out slow, but I guarantee you it will intensify by the second. And here we go. And gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Cowboys Talk, the Cowboys discussion talk segment of the Bear of Texas podcast, available on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and now available on Amazon Music. This is the Bear of Texas reporting live from deep in the heart of Texas. Today, I have a very special guest. He's a very good friend of mine. He served in the Marines. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for James Holder. James, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you very, thank you very much, Alex. Well, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Good. I'm sure you're doing great based on how the Cowboys won. So I guess all I can say in this case is, how about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys? That was a that was an amazing victory. Oh, yeah, we're, statement. Amazing I know. victory. <laughs> amazing victory. I wasn't expecting it, but guess what? We we pulled it off, and that's all I can ask. Is a victory is a victory. It doesn't matter if it's by one point, five points, twenty points. A victory is a victory. A win's a win, but in sports writing terms, there's what we like to call unconvincing wins. In some cases, some may say this wasn't an unconvincing win, but in this right. case, I'm re- I'm with you. A win is a win. The Cowboys won, but what makes it sp- so special is that the Cowboys came from behind and won. Yes, because of the because of those key first quarter turnovers that put us so far behind. And normally, we're a team that doesn't do well from behind. We cannot catch back up. But knowing that we have the ability to do that, let's not make that. Uh, a given week by week thing, so they need to get their heads head together, clean up those turnovers, and actually put some more points on the board. And the defense, I felt like the defense played better as the game progressed. Just that first quarter was just sloppy, but that was mostly because the because of the offense was turning the ball over. Absolutely, I mean three fumbles in the first quarter and one turnover on downs. And in the first quarter, we were down twenty to zero. That's a hard deficit to actually come from behind. But you saw last week with Philadelphia and Washington that they were up seventeen and they st- they they lost twenty seven to seventeen. So. Football is is not about what you do at the beginning. It's how you end, and they, they ended on a high note, and that's how we ended today with a victory. With a victory, indeed. And this is just going to be a game to remember. Dak Prescott, 34 for 47, 450 yards, one passing touchdown, and he ran in three times. Now, he is the first football player in history to have three touchdowns on the ground. Not okay, and he was making it more special. The first player in history with three touchdowns on the ground on the ground with four hundred passing yards. Right. That was a those were very good stats. I felt like he actually redeemed himself from last week. He didn't do too bad last week. It was just I feel like he did better. He did and 
I'm going to be honest. I've had my fair share of harshly criticizing Depp because he struggles with the ability of making some very deep passes. But in this game, he made several. And he, he made that one to Amari Cooper, by God, I'm still having chills because it was a one-handed catch and it didn't just land in his hand. He had to – it was a circus catch and it was huge. Oh. That, I know. I saw it. I was I was amazed. I was like, oh, my God, did he really catch that? <laughs> oh, you're damn right he did. And C.D. Lamb, too. I mean, dude, that catch after the onside kick, that clutch uh, pass. You know, Prescott and C.D. Lamb both came clutch in that moment. After they recovered, that onside kick, that was really the decider that put things in the Cowboys' favor. Um, uh, C.D. Lamb is wide open. And he brings us into field goal range. I know that was that was a that was like, thank you, CD. Uh, I'm glad that we we actually drafted him. I wasn't even shocked that we even drafted him in the first place, but the f- fact that he fell to us speaks volume on you know from the rest of the league. Obviously, they didn't see see him as, you know, as valuable as he really is because I felt like he's the, he was the best receiver in this draft. He was, and let me bring in you know, a little secret because I wrote a, an article before the draft on who the Cowboys should take, and CeeDee Lamb was not the guy I picked because really I did not think CeeDee Lamb would be available by the time it was the Cowboys' turn. I had either did, either I, had did I. That's why I'm shocked. I'm, yeah. I'm, st- I'm still shocked. I mean, I'm like, I, I mean, I'm wow. too. I mean, I thought he was going to be gone, you know, within the first ten picks. But when I think of C.D. Lamb, James, I think this the drafting of C.D. Lamb is to fulfill a, from a, is to avenge a mistake the Cowboys made back in 1998 when they did not draft Randy Moss. I feel like the pick the pick of C.D. Lamb is to make up for that horrible mistake. Right. Absolutely. I'm still. Beat myself up, or beat myself up over us not picking up Randy Moss in that draft. I feel like if we would have drafted him a long time ago, who knows what we could have done as a team back in the '90s? We probably could have had more Super Bowl titles, but it's just a if, a what if, and you know we don't use what ifs anymore. We use based off what's on the field, production, and everything. Well, speaking of what-ifs, we don't technically use what-if. We think about them because that's one of the biggest what-ifs in sports. What if the Dallas Cowboys had drafted Randy Moss? Right. We will never know. Well, no. Yeah, you're right. We will never know. Now, we're going to go ahead and go through the step-by-step of the game. Now, in the first quarter, obviously, we got off to a start. You know, the turnovers just... All of a sudden, you know, those on the Cowboys opening drive, Pollard supposedly fumbled, but the Cowboys were able to get away because they recovered it. And then not long after, it was Dak Prescott who coughed it up. I mean, Dak Prescott, look, he's a dude who's not afraid of anything. Even though he's under a lot of pressure, he still tries his best to make a play. That I respect, but when you have to sometimes just fall down and, like, not risk anything, just do it. But Prescott took an un- unnecessary risk and it was costly because you know he got hit and he, it was a strip sack it was a strip sack fumble so. right <laughs> that's that we that's something that you know he's been he's a veteran in this league he's been this is his fifth year so he has to really uh, do a lot better than, than than that because he knows hey if you're about to if you're about to take a sack, you might you might as well go down. Might take as well. the sack, take yeah. a sack, and not lose not lose the football, which you know gave the Falcons the 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 momentum to score him. I mean, seventeen points. I mean, every time the Falcons for, uh, recovered a fumble, they turned that that opportunity into points. I mean, with that, I'll give the Falcons credit. They did take full advantage. Okay, well, maybe not full. I like to say when it's when they score a touchdown, that's full advantage. But it's fair to say they simply took advantage of those turnovers. 17 points. 
But even though there was three turnovers, technically, in some cases, it was four because the Cowboys went for it on fourth down and didn't get it. Now, since that's called a turnover on downs in that in that certain category, that's still, in a sense, a turnover. So we can also say it was a total of four. That is why, ladies and gentlemen, we were down 20 points in the fourth quarter. A lot yeah. of people, I mean, they didn't really seem like the nail in the coffin had been sealed. In the first quarter, yes, we were down 20 to nothing. In the fourth quarter, I think we were only down, what, 12? I believe it was 15. I'm going to go ahead and double, che and double check, but we were, yes, we, we yeah, were down by you're, a lot you're right. with not much right. time left. Well, you're right. We were down 15. We were down 15 at the 15 at the most, and then once we scored, we tried to go for that two, which put us down at nine. Then we actually got the ball back, scored the touchdown, and then obviously kicked the onside kick, and then got the field goal to put us up at 40 to 39 to end the game. It was definitely a rally, and we're gonna get we're gonna get to that rally, so don't worry. So now we're in the second quarter. Well, before we get to the second quarter, the Cowboys actually, it was their second drive where they fumbled. Uh, the, the first drive they punted. It was just, it was three plays for six yards. Like, you know, the first the first three drives overall, I mean, the Cowboys forced uh, the Falcons to punt, you know, three plays in eight yards, and the next one it was three plays in five yards. So that defense, that Cowboys defense, all of a sudden was playing great. And we'll get to the d defense as well. Yeah, the defense, I, I feel like, on one of those plays, I think I'm not sure if it was for a field goal or if it was actually a touchdown. I think it was a touchdown because the one where uh, Trayvon Diggs had uh, stopped. Uh, 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 he he almost picked off uh, Matt Ryan's pass in the end zone. Mm -hmm. I don't remember which quarter that was, but I did watch that that specific play and I think I think it was the third I think it was the third quarter actually well the problem, it's unfortunate because if that would have been his first uh, that would have been his first career interception if he was able to hold on to the ball right. but I'll be honest look, even though he didn't get the interception we would have loved him to the bottom line is he made a great play he did he, did. he, made, a great, he made a great play I think Awuzie was back there as well so even if it ricocheted off of him, Ouzier had a chance to actually pull off that interception too. I mean, it's this is something that that's always been like a, I guess you could say kind of a crutch to that defense is is getting actually those turnovers. We're always we're always in the negative. We want to be in the positive. Exactly, but. Even though late, early in the, in the second quarter, the Cowboys managed to finally get on the board. But the defense was still very sloppy because the Falcons would respond. But let me take a moment and talk about how the Falcons scored back in the, in the first quarter. I mean, Matt Ryan making those deep throws. This is what I spoke about like in the preview from last week um, in my yeah. episode. I said if the Cowboys cannot put pressure on Matt Ryan, he is going to torch the hell out of that Cowboys defense. And that's exactly what he did, although there was on times where they did put pressure, but Matt Ryan was just able to escape that pressure and make a hell of a play. And that's something that we've always had issues with. I feel like that front four should, you know, they're not getting enough pressure like we had hoped, you know, but I felt like they did better than they did last week. Because last week, all they were doing, they kept trying to get pressure, but they couldn't get pressure because as soon as the ball was snapped, he was automatically throwing the ball, which we didn't... I felt like we didn't actually put that in our playbook, as all, playbook at all. We weren't really expecting that. That's what opposing offense does, James. An opposing mm. offense always wants to be at least one or two steps ahead. And they, they were exactly two steps ahead. I mean, even even though we could have we could have won that we could have won that game as well. We we just didn't. I guess just 
get over that hump. No. But, you know, it was last week, and, you know, in the Cowboys' case, the best thing to do, just move on. It doesn't matter anymore. But now that we wrap up quarter number two, now we're down mm-hmm. 29 to 10. And I told myself, the Cowboys are getting the ball to start the second half. They cannot afford to go three and out or to commit a turnover. Hell, they could not afford a field goal. Yes, that's right. A field goal would have been unacceptable because when you're down 19 points, even though there's plenty of time, all the time in the world left to play, you have to settle for a touchdown. Bottom line, there's never any time to waste. You get the groove immediately. You get the momentum back now. There's In football, no matter what, even if it's the first opening minute, you do it. You mean you show you mean business. You get on the board as quickly as possible because that's again, that's about being at least one or two steps ahead of your opponent. That's right. like like in chess, like in a strategy of chess, always be a step ahead. But You're in, in the case of the comeback, the Cowboys want to be one step closer. So in that case, right. yeah, you want to. If you have the chance to score immediately, you're jumping a step. You're not taking that step. You're jumping it. And that's exactly what they did because they, that first drive in the second half, they scored a touchdown. And in that opening drive, as I'm looking, Dak Prescott had a shot. Had a, excuse me. Had a throw to Ceedee Lamb for 37 yards. I said last week that CeeDee Lamb had taken his first step into the NFL. He did make some mistakes, but you know what? Everybody, including veterans, make mistakes. But in the case of CeeDee Lamb, I said that against the Falcons, he's going to get better. He's going to learn more. He's going to learn more at practice, He's gonna and he's going to get better during the game. And this game for CeeDee Lamb, this is a perfect example. 37 yards to keep the drive alive. And, you know, it was on a third down, too. It was on a third down. You know, it's not often you see a cowboy make the Cowboys make a play of a deep pass, a long pass on a third down, and then just a couple, and then on the next play, Dalton uh, Dalton Schultz for 18 yards to set up first and goal, and then Dak Prescott would make it 29 to 17, and I said, "There you go, guys. Now we can start saying like good old Jr. would say in the in wrestling, business has just picked up." And you're right, it absolutely did. <laughs> but it gets better, folks, because the Falcons will go on to punt, and the Cowboys, again, like I said, they want to jump a step closer to the Falcons. They will go on to score. Now, there was something scary that happened in this in this um, certain drive. Okay, well, before I get to that, this is where we saw Amari Cooper magic, that amazing... One handed catch. catch. Yes. For 58 just, yards, dude. That was just beautiful. This is why Amari Cooper got, got paid. Absolutely. He deserved every every penny of that, too. Absolutely. And just to remind everybody, the Washington football team offered him a whole lot more money, and he still turned them down. Just felt like I have to remind everybody of that. Because he, that's ex- he wanted to be in Dallas. He likes that that camaraderie with Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott. He as the big three, you know. Well, I'm sure he told the the Washington football team, eh, "I already signed with Dallas. I'm a, I'm good." Absolutely. And, and what I, and what I love about I'm, I'm going to go off subject. What I love about Amari, Amari proves something. He's a team player. He does. He, okay. What I want to praise about Amari is that he did not make it difficult for the Cowboys to re-sign him. He didn't, he didn't make it tough. No. So I praise him. He's a team player. He's not selfish. He wants to play football. He cares about his teammates. Amari is really on his way to becoming a hero in Dallas. Now moving on. Now, now we're down 29-24. And I'm going to quote, quote JR again. Now the Cowboys, now business certainly has picked up. However, now the Falcons are finally realizing that the Cowboys mean business. So the Falcons decide to go and say, you know what? 
we mean business too. Now we're gonna step. We're gonna take ourselves a few more steps ahead, and they did just that because on that next drive, 11 plays, 74 yards, they would score to make it 36 to 24. That's where people started to give up, James. I saw that and I was like, oh, "There's so there's still time left." But I could feel a lot of people were giving up. And the last time I checked, there was not zero, zero, zero left on that clock in the fourth quarter. So we still had time to come back. Just unbelievable. Right. And, and this was in the fourth quarter, too. And right. When a, t when a team, like when the Cowboys are playing... The Cowboys are attempting a comeback, and they're a little closer, and it's a fourth quarter, and that team is all of a sudden showing great resiliency. The Cowboys are going to be so frustrated that it's going to mentally affect them. But this game did not show it. So now it's 36-24, to 24, okay? Cowboys try to respond. Things did not go so well. Now... There was a third and five. Dak Prescott incomplete, and there was a holding, which was decline. Now, as the Cowboys did in the first quarter, they tried to do a fake punt. Except this time, instead of having Chris Jones attempt to throw, they had a, they had Dorian Thompson pick up the ball and run for it, make a run for it. He got three yards, but he was ultimately short. And I said, you know what? This is the questionable coaching, like last week, that I'm talking about. We take two unnecessary risks. We're not even gonna have the chance to. We're not even gonna have the chance to do the third. It's likely to be game over. Because, well, if the now if the Falcons had scored, that would have totally been the case. But you know what? The Cowboys somehow, somehow, only forced the Falcons to settle for a field goal, which put us down fifteen. Now people are really thinking game over, right? Even though a, touch, a touchdown would have sealed it, but people were still thinking it's game over. Yeah, a lot of people were saying, oh, it's probably game over now. You know, can't come back from 15. Yeah, you can. <laughs> well, on a little humor post, there was a, uh, where I was watching the game, a Cowboys fan was actually way more confident than I was. He was probably the most confident Cowboys fan in the entire world because he did say, and I quote, let's not forget, Cowboys Nation, that the Falcons did, in fact, blow a 25-point lead one time. But, however, I did look at him and say, that is true, sir, but the Cowboys are not the New England Patriots. At least, they're not the Patriots that won that Super Bowl. You're but right. he decides to say, young man... Just wait and see. And instead of just continuing to doubt him, I decided, you know what? Since I'm the kind of guy that says, don't make predictions, you can't back up. I didn't have anything to back my claims up, so I just said, you know what? We'll, we'll just sit and wait. I mean, if this dude's right, then I'll admit it. If we're wrong, I'm not even going to say anything. We'll just go on our merry way. <sighs> now it's things are just even more crucial. So, Cowboys... Managed to drive down the field and make it 31-30. It was the right choice to go for two. Unfortunately, it did not work out so well. And I saw Dan Quinn's react. Uh, Dan Quinn, the head coach of the Falcons, I saw his uh, reaction when the when Zeke Elliott did not make it in the end zone for the two point conversion. And then I hear the announcer saying it's still a two possession game. It's like everybody was talking in a tone like it was game over. But then again, James, let's remind everybody, it's not officially game over until the clock hits zero, 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 and the ref blows that whistle. Right, absolutely. And I felt like that was probably the turning point in the game, almost. Absolutely. Because, and here was what's special. On the next Falcons uh, drive, five plays for 12 yards. And this is where we saw the defense finally come up with something magic. The, the Cowboys defense finally 
got to Matt Ryan and they sacked him. Loss of six yards, and he was and he was sacked by Everson Griffin, the former Minnesota Viking. I think that was a clutch moment for the defense because the Falcons, this was their chance to run the clock down to seal the deal. That sack, I in my heart, I say that sack saved the game and it turned things around and it gave the Cowboys exactly what they needed. One more chance. And like last week, the Cowboys had numerous chances. They failed. The Cowboys now have a golden opportunity. They could not let this one slide. So, the Falcons punt. Now, things are more serious than ever, James. You're right. (laughs) So, first play of that drive. Cooper passes short left to Amari Cooper for 11 yards. Then a couple, then a short pass to Zeke, and then two straight incompletions. And there was, well, one one of those plays. Now this was a killer. I thought this was gonna kill us too. This was gonna end it. On third and seven, Dak Prescott had a short pass to Noah Brown, who managed to turn that short pass into a 47-yard game. However, CD Lamb unfortunately was caught with a with an illegal block in the back. Which negated such momentum. Right. I felt like that play was like, oh, God, here we go again. We do something good and then ends up backfiring on us. However, I am pleased to say, James, that CeeDee Lamb made up for it on the next play because it was third and two. CeeDee Lamb made a catch for 14 yards. But now we're talking magic. Now, after that, we probably have the most magical play of the game. Do you know which play I'm talking about, James? Go ahead and tell me. (laughs) Dak Prescott, a deep pass left to Michael Gallup for 38 yards. At first ruled incomplete, but actually, the refs ruled it as a completion. But the Falcons decide to challenge that play. And when I saw that... My heart sank. My heart was hurting because I was like, great. They're going to do what they did to Des Bryant six years ago. The refs are going to make the dumb decision. They're going to take the catch away from Michael Gallup. But as I saw the replay slowly, I mean, in these replays as a sports writer, I have to see those replays because it's, you know, I'm going to write a story on it or I'm going to talk about it. I need to examine it psychologically. That's what I do. But I see the, I see the ball. He has it. He was inbounds. There is no way in hell the referee can overturn it unless the referee is a complete idiot. And to my amazement, Chris, the referees ruled it in a complete pass. Wow. I know. that's That was awesome. <laughs> and unfortunately, challenging a play late in the game like that, I mean, that costs you a timeout. But... Now, we're at 2 minutes and 5 seconds. Atlanta takes timeout number 3. So, first and goal. Atlanta 5. Zeke Elliott runs for 4 yards. Now we have the 2-minute warning. Well, Dak Prescott tries a pass short left, but Michael Gallup gets called for... Actually, nope. I'm, I'm reading it wrong. It was a... Penalty on the defense for pass interference. So obviously that it's no play. So now it's a new first uh, set of first down. But Prescott has another incompletion. I was like, guys, why are we trying to complete passes? Well, all we need is a yard. Just, just give the ball to Zeke. Feed Zeke. Come on, that's what we're paying Zeke, right? I mean, Zeke has that expensive right. contract. He needs to deliver. So, give him a chance to deliver, right? Mm-hmm. But Dak Prescott says we do have to deliver and we do have to sneak the ball in. But you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it for the third time. And Dak Prescott goes in. One yard touchdown run for his third touchdown of the game. Now, uh, before we get too deep, i got to ask you. Were you surprised to see the Cowboys kick the extra point rather than go for two? 
You know what? No, actually, I'm not. I'm not surprised because they wanted to try to go for the win by just kicking the extra point. Because if they would have missed, it possibly could have just tied the game later on if they had gotten the kick, gotten the onside kick, which they did, and unfortunately won the game. So, you see what you just said, James. That's what opened my eyes on that play because I did question. Why not go for two, make it a one-point game so we can kick a game-winning field goal? But if we go – now, if we it, if we risk going for two and we don't get it, if we get the onside kick and then kick a field goal, which is good, that's that doesn't give us the win. That just gives us more time, and that gives us a tie. And you know what? It's unacceptable. That's the coaching philosophy of Mike McCarthy. I mean, Mike McCarthy made another risk, but – well, I don't know if I should say the risk. He made a decision – and it turned out to be a hard decision, but it turned out to be the right one. So the Cowboys kicked the extra point. It's it's 39-37. Now, we cannot let the Falcons get their hands on that ball because now, they're if they do, they're going to run the clock out for good because we had no timeouts. Okay, uh, well, I take that back. I think I think we were down to one. Now there was a. There was a play that uh, Mike McCarthy made a challenge, and I don't know ex- what exactly he was challenging, but you know we didn't win it, and we lost a timeout. So, oh, it was about the it was about the uh, the 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 play. I do remember that play. He did try to challenge uh, that he did not make the first down, which he did. Oh, oh, I th- okay. I, th- I think I know the play you're talking about. It was it was uh, Todd Gurley. Yes. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, that's right, okay. I mean, the way I looked at it, I mean, it was clearly obvious he had the first down, but there are, right, certain, but there are certain angles. I mean, sometimes where the coach is standing, it may look short. I mean, what you see on TV, I mean, it, it's... it's it, yeah, it, I'm sorry, go ahead. You're right, it is, you're right, it is the angle, but also he was probably told from upstairs probably to go ahead and do it. That, that may be, uh, James, but like I said, like what we see on TV... It's completely different what they see on the sideline or what you see in the seats. You're right. You used to work at AT Stadium, so, I mean, yeah. nobody, nobody would know that better from you, especially from the from the stands, so. but Right, it, it, is, hard, it is hard to see. Exactly, and, and, and those replays, they have to see it from several angles because they have to be sure. I mean, there's an old saying, better safe than sorry. Right. So, now, we have a, we, we have a choice. We can A... Give the Falcons the ball, and there's a 99% chance that they're just going to run out the clock, and that would mean we just gave them the win. Number two, we could take the biggest risk ever, try an onside kick, and pray to God that luck is on our side and we recover the ball. Because this was the because the previous to this, the last time the Cowboys were successful with an onside kick was in December of 2014. A long time ago. That was a long time ago. I mean, it's only technically people say it's not that long ago, but no, it's a long time ago. When you go over three years without a successful onside kick, that, my friends, is a long time. 2014, that was probably against... uh... It was December 28th, so I'm guessing it was against the Redskins. Well, I mean, or I should say the the Washington football team. The Washington football team, right, right. So, the Cowboys go for the onside kick, and Greg Zerline, that, okay, the way he kicked it, there's a reason why Zerline was so successful during his time with the Los Angeles Rams. He's a smart guy, and the way he kicked it, kicked it very lightly, smoothly, and there was a player, I mean, you saw, you saw the ball spinning, and I'm surprised none of the Falcon fans were even trying to get to it, because remember, in an onside kick, the ball the ball can't travel a cer- past a certain distance, or else I'll, that'll be a foul. But this cowboy player is right there looking at it moving, and he's not jumping on it immediately. I was like, dude, what are you doing? Just jump on it before a Falcon gets on it. But he waited, and then he jumped on it right at the last second while he was fighting a Falcons player. We see the pile, and then after maybe about 10, 15 seconds. The referee points Cowboys first down. I was like, wow. This, I mean, this was two risks in one. 
the onside kick itself, and the fact that that Cowboys player waited a certain time before he jumped on the ball. And you know Correct. what? It worked. It did work. Woo! I'm sure at that point, James, the excitement in you was electrifying. <laughs> yeah, it, it's like a reborn. It's like, woof, we really have a chance to win. So, first and down at the 46-yard line. Prescott incomplete deep right to Michael Gallup. I'm like, all right, it's it's okay. It's just one. It's 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 just you know it's first down. Now now this is where Ceedee Lamb and Dak Prescott came up both clutch, but this is this has to be by far the best moment in Ceedee Lamb's two game career. This is only a second career game, but he has a pass for 24 yards and he gets us deep and he gets us into field goal range. Dude, when I saw him running, I was like, dude. If you if the if the path to the end zone is clear, you just run to the end zone. A touchdown is always better than a field goal. Although, with the time left, I mean, Atlanta still would have had like probably over ninety seconds to play, so maybe that wouldn't have been the best idea. But because right because even even with a touchdown, that probably would have only put us up. But it would have it would have put us up. If 44, is, 44-39. 44-39. But... A field goal wouldn't have cut it, but because Matt Ryan has such an excellent arm, because uh, Calvin Ridley and uh, Julio Jones, who, by the way, Julio Jones did not have the best game, but he still could have. No, he, not, he, he was hurt. He was he hurt was most hurt, yeah. of that game. It looked like his hamstrings were hurting him. I mean, I'm not sure. He's had, I mean, I know he has a history of injuries, but yeah, he even, does. even though he didn't have a good game, I mean, Julio Jones could have exploded at the last second. I mean, Julio Jones is one of those dudes who's completely unpredictable. Like, all of a sudden, he could be the Julio Jones that we've seen, you know, especially during his early career. So, so CeeDee Lamb is taken down, okay? And now all the Cowboys have to do is try to chew down the clock and then try to get gain some additional yards. So Zeke Elliott runs it for two yards, and then an entry timeout with 58 seconds left by Atlanta. And then they tried again. Zeke Elliott though this time with no gain, so the clock is the clock is going down. And with five seconds left, Dak Prescott spikes the ball to stop the clock. Now this is where our breath is held, our fingers are crossed, our eyes are glued to the TV. We have our hands on our on our heads. This is where we're nervous, James. Especially me. Ooh. I was real nervous. I was like. Oh my gosh! Here we go. If if he if he messes it, what a heartbreaker! That's what I was scared mm. of, James. That's what I was really scared of. So, because because we were dealt with that last year when we had plenty of chances to win the game. Of course, Maher wasn't that good of a kicker. So now that we have really one of the most one of one of the most accurate kickers in the National Football League. Yeah, Greg Zerline, and but although I still ask myself, we should not have cut Kai Forbath. I mean, I figured if we have both, I'm perfectly no. okay. But but Greg Zerline, I mean, the mentality that the dude had—he was calm. He just slightly jogs onto the field. He's—I mean, he was cool as a cucumber. In some ways, I'm not surprised. I mean, he's been in the league for a very long time. He's been in such situations before. He's a veteran. He's got that veteran mentality. He's super talented. I mean, he he knows how things are done in the league. So he knows the first thing to do is don't be nervous, just be focused. That's exactly what he was. So, fourth and eight, game is on the line. Will the Cowboys win or will the Cowboys suffer a heartbreaker? Ball is snapped, kick is up, and it is good, and the Cowboys win. 40 to 39. Woof. Wow. What a nail biter. And then I turn to the guy next to me and I look at him and says, You were right, bro. You were right. <laughs> I would I wouldn't be mad at him at all. I'd be like, hey man. I mean I'm he called that... it. Yeah, he did. He, he called Absol- it. Absolutely. That was that was amazing how he called that. And here's a little fact. Everybody's going to be interested in hearing. The Cowboys trailing by 20 points in the first quarter, 19 at halftime. 
Entering today, the Cowboys were 1-35 and when trailing by at least 19 points at the half. 1-35. and That is horrible. And this is like in Cowboys history. Since 1960, the Cowboys were 1-35 and all time when trailing by at least 19 points at halftime. But here's something also very interesting. The Falcons' 20-point blown lead is their largest since, you know... Super Bowl, Super Bowl. <laughs> led by 25. I'm sorry, Falcons fans. I hate, I hate to bring it up, but since I'm all about facts and we're all about telling you know the way it is, if there's a fact that's interesting, I gotta point it out. Right there, that was bad coaching. 28 to three, and then today it was 20 to nothing, and you get outscored 40 to 19. In that span, to end the game. Um, not quite actually. It wasn't thirty to nineteen. Uh, no, forty. I said forty to nineteen. Whew. But <laughs> they weren't unanswered points. No, but I said forty from the from the time it was twenty to nothing. It was actually out, it was thirty we, to ten. Yeah, we outscored in the second no, half. We, 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 we no, I was saying we outscored them forty. From the from the end of that first quarter, it was still forty to nineteen. Okay, well, since uh, okay, we were talking about like after the first quarter, like yeah, from the second, right, right, second, yeah. second or fourth quarter. Yes, you're right. Yes, it was forty to nineteen. I mean, you are you're a smart guy, James. I really gotta I really gotta watch it before I correct you, but you're absolutely right. But in the in the second half, uh, which uh, whichever we was talking about, the Cowboys outscored the, the Falcons. 30 to 10. But, right. But, wow. But now we got to talk about certain players. I want to take a moment to talk about Dalton Schultz. Last week, Dalton Schultz was put in a hell of a situation. A situation that he was sure as hell not prepared for. Now, people no, would say he should have been prepared. Like, well, look. Blake Jarwin was poised to be the star tenant all year. There was really no chance in hell that Dalton Schultz was, was ever going to start unless, of course, Blake Jarwin were to get hurt. Although right. Schultz would have had more opportunities you know, to catch the ball. So Blake Jarwin goes down and Schultz comes in. Did not have the best game. But I told myself, look, he came in unexpectedly. All that pressure was on him. He, was, he didn't know it was going to happen. Look, it's okay. But in this game, dude, Schultz really... Did well. I mean, minus he did unfortunately, you know, he fumbled the ball. But I mean, I'm right. sure he learned from that. But uh, I think Dalton I Schultz, think, nine I, catches, 88 yards, averaging close to 10 yards per catch. And what's so special, ladies and gentlemen, is that Schultz scored his first career touchdown. That's amazing. And you no, know, I got I got a lot of heat for this because a couple years ago. When I was talking about a certain player who should be the successor to Jason Witten, I told a lot of people that Dalton Schultz should be the guy. A dude from Stanford University, had a respectable career, a, a college career. Now, my friends are like, Alex, I get it. You want a dude who's smart, who went to a big you know, school where you have, to be, you have to be smart to get in. I'm like, okay, well, it's definitely good to have somebody smart play for the Cowboys, but I was not really thinking of... A, of the school's academic, you know, you know what the school, how the school is known. I was just talking about a player who's actually got good hands, who's talented. But and I had him poised as a second. I had him at a, at a second round pick. I, I believe he went down to the fourth, but whatever it was, he was picked by the Cowboys, and I'm glad. And I'm really happy the Cowboys were patient with him. They kept him around because the Cowboys could have cut him or traded him any time, but they kept him, and I'm glad. And Schultz is now finally showing his worth. He's finally showing he can play football. So in Dalton Schultz's case, Dalton, if by any chance you're listening to this, keep it up, buddy. Keep going. The sky's going to be the limit. The opportunity's going to be endless. You got this, buddy. Absolutely. And he even outdid the other tight end for for, for Atlanta, uh, Hayden Hurst. He had five for seventy-two for a touchdown, so I felt like he out he outperformed him. And Hayden Hurst is a pretty good, pretty good tight end. 
Well, I don't know if I really want to say he outdid him. Hayden Hurst, uh, he did have that. Uh, he scored the Atlanta's uh, second touchdown. And, and did you see how poor the Cowboys' defense was on that certain play? They let him go free, untouched. He caught the ball and just strolled into the end zone like it was easy. Hayden, so Hurst did something smart. I mean, he took advantage of a defensive weakness. I mean, that's what you're supposed to do. But I, I think what you're, I, I guess in your, in your case, James, you're saying that maybe perhaps Schultz outshined because Schultz scored when, when, under heavy traffic. Is that, is that what you're saying? Right. He did. And he had, it was nine. He had nine catches for 88 yards. He was, as far as stat leaders, he was third in receiving behind CD Lamb at six for 106. And Amari Cooper had six for a hundred. Okay, okay. You know what? Then, then you're right. You're right. He did, in fact, outshine Hayden Hurst. But we got to talk about Calvin Ridley because now with it, this game, that, dude, he, he has kid four is, touchdowns. Kid, four touchdowns is, he has now. That, yeah, that kid's a stud. It's, it's a I shame. Knew he, it's a shame. I always knew he was. I knew. I always knew he was going to be a stud, but I wasn't sure how he would do, especially with Julio Jones, which today, Julio Jones, we kind of kept him under wraps. He was only two for two catches for 24 yards. To me, that's a win. If you, if you look at the stat sheet and you see Julio Jones having two catches for 24 yards, something's wrong. I mean, Julio Jones has a... He does have an injury history. I'm not sure where he is at this point of his career, as usual, I hope for the best for him. I mean, it's never a good thing to see somebody. I mean, no matter who you play for, even if it's a team you hate, we always have that thing in our heart where even though they're playing for a team we don't like, we still wish for the best for him because, you know, just like that, just like us, they have hopes and dreams. And Right. I, I never hope that some somebody does really bad. And I don't care if they play for one of our rivals. I, I want them to try to get their money and be successful in the league. It doesn't really matter what we think, you know. Uh, it's how they how they go out there and perform. If they perform like really well, then kudos to them. Exactly. But let's switch gears a, a little bit, James. Let's talk about our our dual. Well, actually, no, our triple threat wide receiver duo: Ceedee Lamb, Amari Cooper, and Michael Gallup. Right. Wow. A total, a combined 14 catches for over 250 receiving yards. Both Lamb and Cooper, six catches each, both at least 100 yards. This, ladies and gentlemen, is what I was excited for all offseason. To see CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper and, of course, Michael Gallup, too, even though he, today would, he didn't make it to 100. I wanted to see all these guys have these kinds of performances. But you know what? Michael Gallup had that clutch catch that was almost, you know, that could have been taken from him, but the refs decided to make the right call. Michael mm-hmm. Gallup, really? So at the end of the day, even though he didn't have 100 yards, he did what I love to see him do. He, he made a huge play. So kudos to Michael Gallup, kudos to Amari, and especially CeeDee Lamb for making that clutch a play that put us in the field goal range that allow us to win the game. And of course, Amari had that again that one-handed catch and still giving me chills talking about it. And also again, once again, a special shout out to Dalton Schultz. But now we got to talk about Ezekiel Elliott. Well, didn't make it to 100 yards, but 22 carries, 89 yards and a touchdown. Respectable. He still had he still still had over a hundred hundred uh, scrimmage yards. He did have a yeah he uh, offensive yards he did because we saw what he, I mean here's something I mean aside from the running I want to be honest a lot of Cowboys fans are gonna say I'm insane but I feel I feel like when Zeke Elliott on the screen play when he has a screen pass and he has a huge play that's more exciting than his running if you ask me Wait, when he, yeah when he, he catches ca- it and does that. He caught six tar- six catches out of seven targets for for thirty three yards. I mean, that's not like an astronomical number or anything, but whenever it comes to actual numbers, that's pretty good. It's respectable and very respectable. And Blake Bell, 
Now this dude, to be honest, Two, I, I'm still su- I was surprised that he made the team. I really I believed that he was gonna be he was gonna be like let go, but but kudos to him. I mean, th- dude, two catches, thirty four yards. I mean, he even thirty four yards, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The the bell the bell dozer, former uh, Oklahoma quarterback. Uh, don't mean to bring up bad memories, but we'll never forget in twenty twelve the Red River game when he was still a quarterback. He scored four rushing touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'll never forget that one as a Longhorn fan. <laughs> well, I mean, I grew up a Longhorn fan, but you know what? At least at the end of the day, personally, we're happy for him because, you know, it's a game that right. this is a game. I mean, he's going to tell his kids, his grandkids. I mean, this is going to go down in, in the Bell family history. Dude was in college. He scored four touchdowns in a game. but Hey, more, kudos to him. Glad glad he's uh, a part of our, our Cowboys nation. Mm-hmm. And you know he's been in the league for a long time, so he's one of those dudes with you know he's been around. His leadership expertise is definitely key. So it's good that he's on the team because you know he, he can te- you know he he can teach a lot of things to the younger guys. I'm sure Dalton Schultz could learn a lot from him. You're right. Yeah. But w- what about what about uh what about Tony Pollard? Uh, were were you kind of like why did he get the first two carries of the game? Uh, I was kind of. <laughs> Not understanding that at all. I'm like, why did we start off? I was like, okay, maybe the first carry, but why the first two carries? Like, I felt like, was, was something wrong with Zeke? Like, could he not perform? Uh, I mean, we were already down Tyron <laughs> Smith, Lyle Collins. Oh, <laughs> see, we'll have, and we'll have to talk about the the injury pileups. I know, and I know you don't want to, James, but since, since we're talking about the Cowboys, we should. To be honest, yes, I did ask myself why did Tony Pollard get the first two carries, but I I joked to myself, you know what? I bet Tony Pollard and Zeke Elliott had a bet. Tony Pollard won the won the bet, and I guess Mike McCarthy was involved and said, all right, winner winner of the bet gets the first two carries of the game. Now, I mean, I mean, those are that's still. <laughs> I mean, what he did was still pretty decent. Two two carries for six yards, and he also had a receiving catch for three yards. But I'm not mad at him, you know. I mean, he still did his part in the game. So well, it's unfortunate that you know only a total of nine yards for him on offense total. Uh, I don't know. I, feel like- I, I don't know exactly. I mean, he w- he played and he was on the field. I guess it was just you know because the Cowboys were in such danger, they couldn't risk you know giving the backup him. I mean, if Pollard you know just like Zeke, if, you know if he, if there's holes open, if the offensive line open, they block for him well, and he does good, he can have a he could do just as good as Zeke Elliott. Well, CB had a had a rushing attempt for nine yards, so I felt like that that was a plus in in CB's favor. See and just like you know, in this game, I mean, Ceedee Lamb just got better. Now, right. See and Ceedee Lamb next week against Seattle. I mean, Ceedee Lamb's really gonna have to be on top of his game. Absolutely. And, I, and I'm sure and that I'm sure, that, I'm sure that, that is be. a monster secondary. Whew, I mean, see, he's gonna have to be on top of his game. Amari's gonna have to be on top of his game. Dak Prescott, everybody. But now we get to the injury history. Now this, this really makes me cry. Blake Jarwin. Leighton Vander Esch, just to name a few, that from last week. Cameron, Lee. Ir- Cameron Irving, Sean Lee, and then today Tyron Smith, and then yesterday uh, about like I think like from twenty four to forty eight hours, Anthony Brown, and Lyle Collins. Oh, why has this happened to us? But you know what? The injury bug has been plaguing the Cowboys. For the longest time. For the longest time, absolutely. And, and I'm not saying the longest time, singing to the tune of Billy Joel's The Longest Time, because it's not a happy occasion. Oh, no. It's the worst occasion. <laughs> well, you can say that again. And, I mean, I said this. What, what kind of grade would you actually give the offensive line today? Well, I would say I would give them a B-. minus. That's that's a fair. I was gonna say about B B minus because they actually did not allow. I'm trying to think, count how many sacks did did they get? They only uh they only gave up. Is Dak Prescott was sacked only one time? 
But you know what? Actually, oh, you know, in this fumble, case, right? I'm gonna yeah. have to actually. Actually, I changed my mind. You know what? No, B minus is is not right. I'm gonna have to give him. I'm gonna go and give him a. I'm gonna go and go give him a B plus. I think a B plus is more reasonable because. You know, thirty-three. Well, you know, Cowboys had thirty-three first downs, twenty passing first downs, but you know, a seven and thirteen third down efficiency. Man, uh, I, oh, everything I'm looking at. I mean, really, I'm just, I'm just not giving enough credit. I, but the reason why for B plus is because there was a couple of holding penalties that, right, that. But the offensive line are not, they're not to be blamed for the turnovers. I mean, Dak Prescott, that that fumble he had, that was on him. Because he made the risk. He made the risk, like we talked about earlier. He made the risk of, even though he was under pressure, I mean, that part is on the offensive line because, you know, they put him under, they allowed Prescott to be under pressure. So that's why it's it's cut down to a to a B plus. But Dak Prescott is the one who made the risk and the fumble was on him. So that's why I can't take that out on the offensive line. Now, what, what would you give Dak as far as the total... Grade for the day. He gets an A. Thirty-four for forty-seven, four hundred and fifty yards, one touchdown, three rushing touchdowns, and like we said, the first quarterback in NFL history to have three rushing touchdowns, touchdowns, and four hundred passing yards. That's amazing. Yeah, right. Absolutely. I I say the first half he probably had like a a C. But but he redeemed himself in the second half by I say he had an A minus or A plus for second half and a and a C or a C plus in the first half. Absolutely, and it's really some Cowboy fans are saying it's not fair that he immediately dropped down to a C because of that fumble. I'm like, well. Look, the reason why is because Prescott is a veteran in, in this in this league. Right. He, he should know that you do not want to take unnecessary risk. If you have a doubt that it's not going to work, don't even try it. Okay. Look, and like I said, look, I'll give this to Dak. He's got balls. He's got you know he's he's gutsy. He's not afraid. But look, sometimes these risks they're just not worth it. I mean, it's not only because you know you're risking the outcome of the game. But really, sometimes you even risk your own health. Like, I don't want Prescott to get hurt. We need Prescott, even though right. if, when, if Andy Dalton plays, I'll be happy. But and I want and I love Andy Dalton. But you know, even during that short amount of time that Andy Dalton came in, I felt like it was kind of good to see him out there. You know that you know at least if something was to happen to Dak, to Dak, which I hope does not happen, that I feel like he could come in and actually play a lot better than what we were dealt before Dak even got here the year before that. That was horrible. And you know, there was one incompletion. I mean, we still saw that Andy Dalton's arm is pretty damn strong. So Yeah, he, he, he still got a rocket on him. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I said this, you know, predicting the season. If, if the Cowboys have the playoff berth secured, they're already the NFC's champions. If they even have a first-round bye secured and there's one more game left to play, I say let Andy Dalton start the game. Let let him you know have his you know have a little bit of fun. Let him show us you know what he's still got. You know have a little bit of the starters in, and we'll get to that. But now we're done talking about the Falcons. Now next now next Sunday this uh, coming Sunday we have a really big test. Not only are we playing the Seahawks, we're playing the Seahawks in Seattle, and that's not really good memories now, is it? No, I mean, no, there's no, off, but, unfortunately there's that fumble that Tony Romo, you know, fumble snap that is always gonna haunt us. But it, it's not only that. I mean, the Seahawks have a history of kicking our ass in Seattle. We did win to 2014, though. Okay, okay, yes. Remember, but that, remember that was, that was during Romo's there. I mean, this was this was years ago. I mean, the, the Cowboys, you know, the offensive system was not what we, what we have today. But re- remember the last time we played Seattle, too, we had their number. So... Okay, but you know, Russell Wilson is not the quarterback that he that he was when we played him in the playoffs two years ago. I can guarantee you that. Wilson is, not, <laughs> Wilson is more dangerous, more driven, more focused. I mean, not only Wilson, but the fucking Seahawks, dude. You're right. You're right. Yeah, I, I, I would never overlook or underlook the Seahawks, 
But I feel like if we use this momentum going into next week, I feel like we can beat them. Well, you can expect for me to have a preview later in the coming week. It will be realistic. It will be the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. James, I want to thank you very, very much for joining me today. It's an honor to talk Cowboys football with you, James. Such an you honor. You too. You too, sir. Thank you very much, everybody. Everybody, you have a good night. And one more time, let's say it, James. How about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys? All right. Good night, everybody. Good night.